Right. So, we put a guy on the roof of Stoney's in Las Vegas, Nevada for 62 days. Please remain at least six feet away from your speakers at all times. This is Toad's COVID Chronicles. Hey, this is Toad from Toad's Tunes. I had the opportunity to sit down with Julia Cole during the pandemic, COVID, whatever we want to call it. I'm calling it the Toad's COVID Chronicles. That's what we're doing right here. Anyway, I met Julia Cole, New Year's Eve, Austin Burke's wedding, Nashville, Tennessee. We got to sit down, kick it. We talked music. We talked grandma. We even talked about Stevie Mott's. I don't know why, but he was the topic. So, you know what? Let's do this. Ladies and gentlemen, Julia Cole. How are you? I am, I am living the quarantine life. Like we I know, all, right? Right. What's new with you? Well, I mean, I'm doing way more Instagram lives than I've ever done in my entire life. Other than that, do you enjoy them? Do you enjoy them? I do. I do. It's actually been really fun because they're kind of just like FaceTime calls with, you know, the guests or friends that I bring on, you know, with an audience. So it's actually pretty fun. Do you think that when all this is over, you'll keep doing it? I will, but definitely not to the capacity that I am right now because I'm doing them so often right now. How how do you, how do you schedule all of that? Is this through like radio stations? Is it through just your own feed? Is it through just a combination of everything? It's a combo of everything. So I'm doing some takeovers for different radio stations or different country music blogs and things like that. But I'm also bringing people onto my page that are, you know, pro athletes or models or other musicians or TV personalities and just kind of having a fun conversation that has a little bit of insight into some of these different cool career paths that we don't really know all the behind the scenes of. Right. One of the main points of this, I did, um, 20 of these in one week. So I feel your pain with always being online, but I learned so much about um, your guys's habits about um, and what the changes were in life. And I think the goal was to show people that you're just as human as everybody else is as well. And that's an important piece to it all that you guys watch TV that you guys, uh, you know, want to go out and eat again, like, like you normally did and everything. I cannot wait to go and sit down at a table at a restaurant, actually be able to stay there. I mean, it's this, it's this bizarre seclusion right now. And even, I mean, it's so funny. I'll drive down the street and I'll see people who just got their to-go food sitting on the curb, eating their food because they just don't want to go home yet. Right. <laughs> like they right. just don't want to go back home. I mean, I'm gonna, people are I, crazy. I cheated the system. I have some friends that own a place here. Um, and we went to go pick up some to-go food and obviously the restaurant wasn't open, but they took us around the corner. I got to sit down on Friday and have a meal and have it served and have it hot in a restaurant. And yeah, it was, uh, as bizarre as it was. I mean, I normally, I like to take pictures of my food just to piss people off. And, but I couldn't (laughs) do it that day because I was literally sitting in a restaurant, you know? And right. It's super weird. You have to be like, I think a lot of people are on the fence where they don't know kind of where they stand if they're if they're scared and they want to keep staying home or if they feel like they are just ready to risk it and go walk around or whatever it is. But everyone at the same time is facing basically the risk of being publicly scrutinized if you post yourself doing something that isn't you know, approved by the public eye right now, it's like people will come after you. The internet's like savage. 
They are. It's kind of, it's kind of funny. I have a, I obviously everyone has their opinion on what's, what's good for them. Um, I don't judge other people. I don't care what other people do, but the reality is, is like, I'm, I'm, I'm older, but I'm healthy and, um, I wash my hands and, <laughs> and, I, and I've always been that person, but it's just super weird that the people that just go bananas, we are actually opening Stoney's tonight for the first time. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So our governor, excited? Uh, it's going to be different. I'm very excited to see it open, but our governor said that restaurants could open. Well, we serve food at Stoney's. So what we've done is we've kind of did a hybrid of Obviously, we're going to follow all the social distancing guidelines per, per our governor and everything like that and per our state, but um, we just moved our tables. You, I, don't, I don't know if you've ever been inside Stoney's. Have you? No, you haven't. Not yet. But needless to say, we have a huge dance floor, but we moved all the tables and we separated them and we boxed them in with six foot of boundary around your table. And we're going to let people go in, uh, eat some food, um, have our bartenders put them back to work, have them serve some drinks to you. You can't go to the bar, but we're going to serve everything and then music will be playing and we're going to encourage them to dance within their little box. So we'll see how. Oh, it... that's cute. Well, it's funny because I get probably five to 10 videos a day of people going to Stoney's either outside or older videos, but they'll go and they'll set up wood outside of Stoney's and they'll dance in the parking lot. Wow. Yeah, so that's customer loyalty right there. <laughs> they're, I think, I think they're eager. So uh, we've, yeah. we've come together with a plan and um, we're going to try and execute it tonight and let people get back to a little bit of normalcy, you know? Oh, I cannot wait till Nashville does that, man. Well, I heard that John Rich is already open on Broadway. I have no idea. Yeah. Um, I heard, I heard it's like a 25% capacity thing, but I don't know. We'll see. Have you been down on Broadway at all since it's been closed? I went on a walk and I did see a few, it was like the most beautiful weather that we've probably ever had in Nashville. So there were some other people that were kind of walking around and a few of the places were serving places were serving like to go stuff. So there were obviously people waiting on their orders, but right. other than that, I mean, it was the emptiest I've ever seen Broadway. Like yeah. obviously if you go a little bit later in the day or at nighttime, like it's completely empty. It's crazy. I mean, think about that. And then think about the Las Vegas strip. Everything is closed. That is creepy. I mean, that's like horror movie ghost town, like status. I had some friends that went down and rode their bikes down on the strip last night. Something you can't normally do. I think that everyone should probably take advantage of that moment. We have not driven down there yet. I think it's something that it's probably on our agenda, but um, haven't. I don't know why we haven't done it. We've gone up to the mountains, you know, and because you've been hosting forty-seven lives a day <laughs> or whatever these are. Yeah, a day. <laughs> it's you know what's so funny is like I don't think I've. I'm busier now than I was before. If that makes any sense. Honestly, I am too, and I think it's because people who are motivated or who are um, driven feel really anxious at rest like just because obviously it's nice to take a break at the end of the day but you want to feel like you had a full day and you feel like you did as much as you could to still keep going even though everything in the world has kind of told you to stop right because I mean as an artist like all my tours have been canceled but I'm filling in every spare second of my canceled tour time with online shows and yeah there are fewer 10 hour drives there and back, but I'm doing 10 times more things online, which is actually, if you're, if you're completely on 
it's a performance. Yeah. I mean, being online in front of the public eye, you can't relax. I mean, you can relax and have fun, but at the same time, everything that you're saying is public and is on the internet forever and ever and ever. So you have to be on a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. Whereas, you know, a lot of times during my, my tour, it's like, you know, there's a long drive and then there's a sound check and then you've got time to, to rest before you might run through your songs and all that is still work, but you're not in the public eye for the entire time. Yeah. You're in the public That's eye for 90 minutes or for whatever your set time is. It's, it's being on, if you're doing interviews like this all day, or if I'm doing multiple lives during the day, I mean, you're a hundred percent focused and ready to, to go for that I'm many hours straight. I'm lucky with these. I get to I get to do them uh, in post production. I get to clean up a little bit of the stuff because I've had, man, I've had some things happen where I just sit back and go, okay, <laughs> like we'll go ahead and pull that part out of it. That sort of thing. What do you think is going to happen with 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 live music um, when the doors open back up? Do you think there'll be any festivals this year for reals? No, not this year. I think they've already canceled them all. I mean, well, all. All my a, lot shows, of them have been, a lot of them have been pushed to August, September, October, but you we'll think see. that they'll get pushed again? Yeah, I think they will. Just because even right now, if pro sports are about to start back up, but they've even determined there are going to be no people in the audience. I mean, musicians are not going to put on a full show for no audience. It's right. not the same type of TV revenue that athletics get. So I just... I don't see festivals happening this year. Do you, um, okay, so let's take an artist like yourself and I'll put you next to a Carrie Underwood. Who's on the road first? Well, that's difficult because. Let me preface that. Let me, let me preface that. There's obviously different level there. Um, I was using the analogy of like an of a Jason Aldean. Well, Jason Aldean, the smallest venue that I've known that he's playing played lately was here in Vegas. He played a place called the Park, but he played three nights. And I want to say the capacity was somewhere between six and eight thousand. Do you see the bigger artists maybe taking a step down and playing smaller venues like twelve hundred seat rooms, that sort of thing, and taking the financial side of it out of it and just getting out and playing music? I, I don't know yet. It's going to completely be determined by what the government says is allowed because they might prefer the bigger venue, have more people come in, but have four seats empty in between every group of tickets that are sold. You know, like, I don't know how they're going to do it yet. If right. they're going to only allow one third of the stadium seats to be sold, but so you, if you look on Ticketmaster, you can see which ones are available and just purchase that way. That's one thing that I think they are probably thinking about doing. Yeah. But it's still, I mean, because if you break it down to an even smaller room, they still have to be socially distanced. So even if it's a 6,000 person room or a 200 person room, there still has to be theoretically six feet between each group of quarantined people. You know, I don't know really what's going to happen next. I haven't, even all, all the shows that I had were either canceled or have been postponed to later this year. But even the ones that were postponed to later this year, they keep pushing back. Right. And then 
few weeks, they push it back another three weeks. And then a few weeks, they push it back another three weeks. And like, as an audience trying to buy tickets for a concert, they're like, when is the freaking show, you know? So at the same time, I don't know if people are going to keep rescheduling like that or if eventually they're just going to pull the plug on it and say, we'll, re- we'll try to redo all of this once the world has resumed some sort of normalcy. My, I have, I've moved everything, obviously, April, May, June. I have some shows in July that I'm just kind of sitting on to see what's going to happen. And then mm-hmm. as I go into August and September is when I started to rebook everything. I actually, uh, um, Austin Burke was supposed to play the beginning of May. We moved him all the way to September 25th. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I'm hoping that's real that we could get back out there again. And for, for our layout, I mean, the majority of places like, like ours, we don't have seats. I mean, our dance floor is, is, is the area. So I don't know. I think there's this, I loved, I saw a meme the other day that showed extreme left, extreme right, and then right in the middle. And most of everyone said, Hey, Hey, that's me (laughs) because I believe a little bit of the, this part, I believe a little bit of this part. I want to be safe and smart, but I also want to live my life. I mean, how long do you stay cooped up because the government says so based on science that says something different? Yeah. I feel like one of the things that people will do, at least in venues like yours, will be kind of follow the restaurant policy. So if you can sell tickets to all the seats at a table and the tables are spaced out like the restaurant tables are, and you've got the same type of boundary, there's no reason that you can't sell tickets to someone performing with tables like that. If they're able to eat food, they're able to sit there and listen to music. Right. That's why I I don't understand why you can go to Walmart and Home Depot, but you can't go in public to vote. I'm having, I'm struggling with so many different, different avenues of stuff that I just don't understand the law. I don't know if you've been out at all. Like I've been to Home Depot probably 10 times because my honeydew list is through the roof. Yeah. (laughs) Have you been out at all or have you just pretty much stayed home? Yeah, I've been out. Honestly, I went to Home Depot probably way earlier on in the quarantine. Yeah. And I like, I don't remember why I even went. I bought, oh, I bought hangers and some plants. Literally so unnecessary. But it was, it was business as usual. I mean, it's just at the grocery store and people everywhere. I mean, there are a couple grocery stores I've seen that are actually implementing like the in and out policy of one in, one out and in a line and everyone's spaced out. But that's one of like the eight grocery stores I've been to, you know? It's crazy. Wait, do you guys have Costco there? I'm not a Costco member. There is one here, but I haven't been. They're saying you can't go in there unless you wear a mask. Period. End of story. That's how Florida is. All the restaurants and convenience stores and everything in Florida. How do you eat with a mask on? (laughs) My producer and I were talking about cutting vocals. And we were like, we can't just not do anything for the entire quarantine. Like we had all these songs that were so close to being done. and just needed to cut a vocal. He was like, all right, wear a mask here. And then to sing, we'll pull your mask down and you can sing and then put your mask back on after every single verse that you sing. And then as soon as we're done, we'll quarantine the microphone for 14 days. And I was literally just like, (laughs) okay. 
I saw um, Co <laughs> Wetzel went in and uh, put his phone down on Facebook or Instagram Live, set it down and shot it up, and he was in the studio. Um, his drummer was obviously in the other room, and he was in the in the main room with with his producer, and they were cutting stuff. I mean, I sit back and it's kind of like, did you watch the UFC fights this weekend by any chance? No, I'm not big into fights. Um, well. I <laughs> peace peace everyone well, i mean it's a sport i look at it no i know i just i don't like blood oh there was some blood in these fights but i think <laughs> for me it, I, I watched it for two reasons i wanted to see how they could get away with 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 doing um i miss sports i'm done watching yeah. all the old stuff that i've already seen um but then yeah the side of the fighting was that there was clearly nobody in the audience. It was empty. They kind of joked in the beginning of why did they get such a big place when there's nobody here, they could have done it in a, like in a small little warehouse space. Yeah. But um, it was really neat to totally different aspect of the fight. And some of the bigger fighters like Connor after Connor McGregor said at first, he didn't like the idea of going to a place with no fans. But then after he watched the fights was like, man, I would totally do that because you'll be able to hear me when I hit this dude. Like, Oh, wow. You, you could hear the commentators saying stuff and the fighters were hearing the commentators and making changes during the fight. Oh, you need to start checking what? that. Kick. And they, oh, it was, it was nuts. So you could hear the corner man. You could hear the commentators. You could, wow. you could hear them wince when they got hit. It was, it was, it was different. And I was like, man, I would, I would watch this again because you can actually hear the corner man. You hear all these different aspects. It's kind of like what they did with um, the XFL when they mic'd wow. everybody. And you mm -hmm. could hear the quarterback. You hear the coach talking to the quarterback. You could hear, you know, everything. And it was kind of, it was kind of cool. That is really cool, actually. Yeah, it was, it was, it was different. It's Imagine. like the true inside scoop, like the behind the scenes of the live action. It's like, it is. It's cool. It's like in the NFL, they might mic one guy and then you get to hear this and that. But when you get every aspect of it, it was, it was yeah. definitely in interesting. I never thought about that, but that's like, I can't imagine if they can hear what the commentators are saying and adjust during the game. I mean, that's a whole different sport almost like that's like yeah. getting assistance during your, right. I don't and know. And you don't have to pay for it. It's free. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like, I'd be like, yeah, I want to fight with one of those fights. Yeah. I think it's, it's kind of neat. I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see that. I know that, I've read online that a lot of like NHL, NBA, uh, the baseball pe people, they all went and talked to Dana White after just to, and their camp just to see how things were going and things were working and, and how they got through with the, what, what they got through. And, you know, I know that one of the guys into the fight two days before the fight had to drop out because someone in his family had um, the COVID-19. And so they legitimately pulled this guy away. He couldn't fight. They kept him in his own thing. They tested everyone like 10 times. So it was kind of, they did what they had to do, you know? Wow. So he, did he get tested? Did he has positive? He didn't, but people in his camp did, I believe is, is what they said, but they didn't want to risk it. So they just took him out of the fight. Oh, poor guy. Yeah. That's gotta be a bummer. You build up to do all that. It's like, that's like what you guys do. You build up for a show and then a show gets canceled. Like the day you're walking in, you're like, wait, wait, <laughs> have, yeah. have you, have you been doing zoom rights? I have. Do you like those? obviously i'm glad they exist for the time being but it sure does make you appreciate being in the room with your co-writers and getting to actually vibe and you can feel the the base of the track going and you can sing with each other you can harmonize at the same time you can collaborate like there's no lag in real life right and you know maybe we didn't understand how fortunate we were to be writing in person 
until we were forced to do these Zoom writes. But I'm I'm still glad they exist because I'm still writing songs and we're getting good ones. So first thing that you're gonna do when they say you can go out and be free per, per se, are you gonna go write, record? play live, eat some food, go to the gym, get a haircut. Like what's number one on your list? What's the most important thing to get done right now? Oh my gosh. Um, this is probably, I really, I mean, whenever this is all like legal again, like I really want to give my grandparents a hug because I can't, you know, like the, it's the stuff like that where whatever, I would go to a restaurant or I would do like all these different things, even right now. Cause I'm like, I'm not that, I'm not that scared, but I am super cautious about keeping people I love sure. healthy. And I'm like my grandparents who are, you know, elderly and at risk. I'm like, I just miss being allowed, you know, even though I wouldn't maybe have even seen them during this time period because it's the middle of the year and I'd be on tour. It's the not being allowed to, to see them that I'm like, Oh, I can't wait till I can actually like go actually hug them. You know, where are they at? My whole family's from Louisiana, but my dad's parents just moved to Texas where my parents are. My mom's parents are still in Louisiana. Dude, Texas seems like the place to live right now. They're, 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 they're the, they're the real cowboys of all of this. They're just opening everything. They don't even care. Oh, my, my parents are hilarious. My mom's a nurse. So she's been going in and out of hospitals and she sent us pictures and all the, the garb and the plastic wear and all that stuff that they're having to, to wear in order to go into work. She said, it's miserable. She's like, it's, it's hard to breathe when you're wearing all that stuff. And it's just like the precautions are 10 times more and it just takes forever to do anything. But it's so funny because even before my mom was like going in and out of the hospitals, my dad was like, he's so against the, the, the quarantine stuff. He's like, I want to go to work. I want to go to work. Yeah. I so think, my, my parents are very happy to be able to go to a restaurant again. Yeah. I can, I can only imagine. Well, I hope you get to get to see your grandma soon. That would be rad. Do you FaceTime with her now or anything like that? Just yeah. Like yeah. I'll, I'll talk to most of my family FaceTime. I lost you. There you are. Sorry, someone just called me. That's okay. How, don't they know you're busy? What the heck? Man? Don't they know my entire schedule? So you you released White Pearls during all of this. I did. I actually, I I think my EP also came out during this quarantine. It was one month ago. So yeah. What do you, what do you think it was good timing? Because more people are, are not listening to radio and are streaming? I, I think there are pros and cons. I think some of the pros are one of what you just said, you know, people are online. There's a, there's an audience. The other pro is I haven't been releasing. Like I just, I really needed to release some music. My, I have a bunch of people who've been, who've seen me at a bunch of live shows and I've played a lot of these songs, but they weren't anywhere that people could find them and consume them. So this was like a very needed step in my artistry and my artist development and giving the Cole team something to listen to. I really am glad that I put the music out for that reason. But obviously the downside is I can't tour to promote it. I can't even have a release party. Uh, it's like, it's, it feels very anticlimactic because it's like you, 
you spend all this time and all this money and do all this work and it's for months and months and months and you get everything lined up and then the release day comes and then it's just like on the internet. Yeah. You know, there's no like going and putting the show on and then going on the tour and it's just like the song's up. Cool. <laughs> That's Hope funny. You like it, you know, and a bunch of people will, will message you and say they love it or they'll send you videos listening to it. And like all that's really special to me. I really do love getting those videos, but it's not the same as getting to be there live with, with your, your friends and family and fans and right. celebrate. Oh, I feel you. I feel you. I mean, our idea of just having to push shows out and push shows out. Although, I mean, we're a dance club more than anything. We do live music one hour a week. And Chris, the owner, always says the same thing, that we spend more time on that one hour a week promoting it, putting it together, getting it going versus just our regular dance stuff. And I always look back at the other side. of We've done the dancing and the nightclub stuff for so long that it just becomes second nature. But the music stuff is fun because we want people to experience brand new artists because I can't afford the huge artists so we stay we stay in our lane per se so we get the artists before they blow up and that's our that's our, our our favorite thing about it all but having to push them out sucks it really sucks i mean promotion is really difficult and i love marketing like i i majored in entrepreneurship at vandy i i love business and i love marketing and i love all that stuff but it gets exhausting when everything seems to be this virtual online world and whereas before the tour was that release you know yeah. the live show was that energy that you kind of get the energy back from the crowd and now it's all just output 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 yeah and but it's still i mean i'm glad that all these virtual sites exist because if not we'd just be alone and miserable so you'd be handing out cds out of the back of your out of the back of your car <laughs> again like they used to do back in the day you know i sat down you know who sam grow is yeah I, I love sam we've written some stuff together he's uh he was supposed to play during acms with us and um i'd never met him before but we have a lot of people that come to stoney's that were fans of his so we did this zoom thing well, uh, not last week, but the week prior and to sit with him and hear his story. And it just reminds me, um, there was a rapper by the, he's still around. His name is tech nine and his story as an independent artist and what he did to promote his music is like that blueprint that Papa Roach followed of just after every show talking to the art, I mean, talking to the fans, um, selling stuff out of your trunk. Well, Sam was telling me that he would travel from Georgia or, kansas or wherever east coast all the way to the west coast and he would find venues and just ask him to pay him 25 bucks so he could just play his acoustic guitar in their venue and just sell some merch i was like dude that hustle you don't not saying it doesn't have to be there anymore but you look at a guy um like post malone who 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 goes out and puts something on um uh, soundcloud and is able to become an artist i don't want to say overnight because you y'all y'all do everything for so long but literally overnight he becomes famous because of a SoundCloud or a Spotify or anything like that. It's kind of crazy that not saying that you don't have the drive that they had way back in the day, but it's a different kind of drive. You have to get to every one of these media outlets. You have to. Yeah. And it's, you definitely it's do. what's that? You definitely do. I mean, there's no, believe me, I'm up every morning 
before seven and I'll spend the first three or four hours literally just on my computer, like checking off the to-do list of all the things. Like I, I still have so many promo things on my checklist that I have to do for the song that just came out on Friday. Right. It's, people don't know how much goes into putting a song out because after the song is out, that's almost when the real work begins for it, you know? And so much goes into the first half. Yes, absolutely. I mean, the team is huge. I've always, I don't want to say joked, but my first experience with really getting to know artists per se was one day I picked up Maggie Rose at the airport and I had to take her to the radio station um, for an interview and then back to Stoney's for sound check, and then the food, then the interview and all this other kind of stuff. And I was like, I wish I just had a GoPro. So everyone out there would get an idea of what it's like to be an artist because they just assume you're flying on a plane do whatever you do, get up on the stage, sing your song, get back on the plane and move on to the next one. They don't understand the process, but I think it would be fun to document what it, what it, what it takes to put a single out the real world of uploading and making sure, and then maybe getting a hold of the John Marks's of the world and see if you could get playlisted on his new boots and kind of just kind of get your music on country AF radio, that sort of thing. You know, just the whole process, it's gotta be people, people need to know, I think, no. It's so difficult and it's funny because I even have like an entire team of people that help with all this stuff and it still feels like the to-do list is never ending. Right. I mean, it's, I, I'm, that's one thing, like I'm friends with a bunch of pro athletes and that's one thing that I like envy about athletics is they get to focus on bettering their skill of right competition like whatever their skill set is that they need in their sport that's what they get to wake up every day and focus on if all i had to do every day was wake up and focus on writing a song getting better at guitar getting better at singing and that was it every day just perfecting your performance that would be so fun but you know it's not just like in in a if, as a musician you're the ceo of your own brand sure you have to do so much more than just perfect your guitar playing, you know? Do you think there's a level that you get to where that becomes a reality? No. No? I think they are always, the, the brands that are successful, of uh, the biggest artists, I mean, they're always doing more than just playing their guitar and writing songs. It's never just that. I mean, they might have they might have more people on their team helping with other things, but then they just have other big tasks that they're still having to do, which, I mean, just like, like you were saying, I mean, it's the, the interviews that you're always going in between and the TV appearances and the, this and the, that, and this and the, that it's not necessarily the just getting to make the music. Sure. I, I went, I went and saw, um, um, I think it was Justin Moore at a show and I went with the radio station and I, I'm very observant. I don't, I don't care about the meet and greet stuff, but I like to see the interactions and the inner actions of everything that happens. And I watched it. They just moved him around. Like he was just a, a piece of furniture of all the places he had to go and all the things he had to do. And, and just the, just the process of it all. And I just, I would sit back and think I watched some of it at route 91 and I watched how people would get moved around and, and um, it almost, it almost didn't seem fun at that point because you have so many obligations. And I, I would think that I like pro football. I love college football. 
I like pro basketball. I love college basketball. Um, when an artist gets to a certain level and they start to go do their thing, I think it changes in a, in a sense. And I'm that guy that I always like the newer artists because they're still raw. They still make mistakes. They're still trying. They still are humble. They have that drive. And I think that's my favorite, favorite part. That's why I, I like, seriously, like, I think I would love for you to like take a camera around with you when you release a single from before that and show the writing process up to, like all that. I don't think there's a documentary or anything out there that exists like that, that shows the process of what you guys have to go through. I'll handle the second part of the show stuff, like do the documentary on that side, because people don't know. They just assume a song comes out and bam, yeah. it is, you know? Yeah. I mean, we've, we've tried to do some, we've tried to do some stuff here and at, at Stoney's with singer songwriters and it doesn't work because the mainstream doesn't care about the writer. They care about the person who sang the song. Unlike Nashville, I mean, Nashville is the total opposite. You know, you have the ability to, 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 because I don't know if there's just a different breed in Nashville, people that care about that, or it's just so common. But out here, we've tried to do the writers round at Stoney's and they don't care. That's why you look at, I look at songs and I, I trip out when I find out who's a co-writer on it. I just trip out on it because it's like, yeah. where, what's that process to get there? You, you know? I think a lot of people who aren't, in the music industry or involved in some way a lot of people just don't register that there is a songwriter behind the song sure. they think that the artist writes the song and obviously that's the case sometimes sure. but a lot of times there are other people that are also behind the scenes or the artist might not be a writer at all on the song and I don't know that I even realized that until I came to Nashville because I wasn't like involved in the music industry before I moved here. I was just, you know, an athlete in, in high school. Like I didn't have a clue. So I, I can see why it's hard for people who are outside of the bubble to understand how incredible it is that the, the real root of the magic, the music started from the songwriter's brain, not from the artist's brain. Because a lot of times I've seen I've seen hit songwriters perform their song and you'll see people in the crowd being like, why is he covering this song? Yeah. Like they just don't, they don't understand. And yeah. I, it's like, maybe I think some of the, the TV shows that are out now, like the one with Shane McNally and yeah. um, they're explaining song, song world, right? Something it's like that. Song I think it's called song world. Songland. Songland. Yeah. It's explaining what goes into the process and you know, whether that show succeeds or fails, I'm super grateful for its education process for at least, you know, the million people who have seen a commercial for it. Cause they at least like, Oh, okay. Lady Annabellum's going to cut the song that this artist or this writer over here actually started, but they are going to have their song edited by these hit writers first. And it's a process of like, 10 people before the song is like what you hear. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. Speaking of um, songwriters, have you talked to Stevie Montz lately? Yeah, I have. He was one of my guests on full team quarantines. Yeah. It was did, a fun he, one. Did he play just being me? Have you heard he that did. song? Mm -mm. Um, I'll forward it to you when we get done with this. It is. Um, he played it for me because we did this and he was at his place um, off the coast of Florida and he played it and the sound wasn't as great. So he goes, I'm going into town. I will cut it for you on Sunday and record it. I'm like, so he sent it to me. And I was like, I'm proud of him. 
<laughs> and I'd never say I'm proud of Stevie Mons. <laughs> Fuck that. I guy. can't even hear it. Yeah, it's it's called just being me, and I'm um um. It's probably the best thing he's done, in my opinion, which is kind of neat. I mean, even though it, we sent a picture to him on New Year's Eve, and it took him like what ten days to write us back, but. <laughs> He got all sensitive, but whatever, man, whatever. <laughs> I love Stevie. He's yeah. one of my favorite co-writers and people. He's just a he's just a neat dude. I mean, we talked sushi, and uh, him and I like to we, we like to eat fish. I take him to the to my favorite place here whenever he comes to town. I think it would be fun to get the two of you out on a show. Maybe we should do that. I think that would be that would be an experience. That sounds like trouble. <laughs> uh, well. I don't have anything to worry about. You guys do all the drinking. I don't do any of that shit. So it, it works. <laughs> totally works. We'll hold it down. <laughs> I, will, I will take care of that. Do you feel like um, playing some music today? Sure. Yeah. What you want to hear first? Um, how do you feel about side pieces? Yeah, I can play that one. So side piece, it's your, your good old Nashville cheating song. And it's, it's one of those ones that I, I was really excited about because it's a fun, like it's a very sassy, fun breakup cheating song. Right. But I didn't expect for people to relate to it and react to it as quickly and strongly as they have. And this song is blowing up more than I ever thought it would. I did not think this was going to be the one off the EP that's like on everything, but people are digging side piece. So hope everybody likes it. This is side piece. A deadline at the office. Sway ain't got a choice. Friday at the ball game. Kitchen and drinks with the boys. A weekend at the lake house when you knew I couldn't come. Another late night workout, an early morning run. So that's what you call your side piece. White light little story, trying to hide it from me. Bless the heart that bought that. Honey, I'm so sorry. It's too bad you don't miss me. When you reach for the real thing, are you? Nothing plain. A million, I'm so sorry. Swear she don't mean a thing. A moment of weakness. Just one thinking straight. A ride down the wrong road. Stupid mistake. So that's what you call your side piece. Why like little story? Trying to hide it from me. Bless her heart, therefore. Honey, I'm so sorry. I knew her name, I did her up 
and tell her thanks. Jesus ain't for taking you off my hand. That's what you call your side piece. Quite like little story. Try to hide it from me. Bless the heart that born back. Honey, I'm so sorry. It's too bad you gon' miss me. When you reach for the wheel back, all you need is only. You can call your side That didn't suck. That, <laughs> that was awesome. 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 Oh, thank I got, you. I got lucky on that one. I hit mute because I don't want anything to go from my screen to yours. I put on mute and um, I just got a phone call on my house phone of all phones. Oh my gosh. You oh. still have a house phone. Well, we live pretty far out and we have no cell service here. Oh, I mean, okay. We have it, but I have like one bar and half the time my phone doesn't even, I rely on the internet too, too much. But yeah, so that's why I have a house phone. Oh, got lucky right there. Homeboy Jesus looking out. Yes, <laughs> he, he was definitely looking out. I want, I'm going to, is there something else you want to play or do you want me to pick another one? Hmm. Is it on the EP? Could be. No, I was looking at an older one, but go ahead. I mean, I probably, probably want to play White Pearls. Let's do it. It's the new one, obviously, that came out on Friday. Yeah. And wrote this one for my grandma for her 75th birthday. Um, she had a liver transplant at 52. So it was a really, really huge deal to hit this milestone of 75 and, you know, still be doing great with us. And um, as I was writing the song, I kind of realized that everything I was writing about how much I love my grandma, it was also all directly applying to my mom too. So it's a song for anybody who loves their moms and loves their grandmas out there. Go White Pearls. You paint stories like the Sistine Chapel. Make heaven out of apple. Sweet tea on the side. The way you talk to God like He's an old friend, but make anyone want to meet it. You're the voice of reason when I'm losing my mind. And oh, oh, oh you're how I know. Angels will watch us and pray on from. Love the piano and ain't scared of damn near anything. Their daughters turn to mothers, raising their own baby girls. Hear how I know angels, angels wear white You got your own little garden of eating, dogwoods and bluebirds feeding. I can never quiet in my front yard looking good as yours. 
So I'll just have to visit much as I can. Lord knows I miss you. Your amazing grace inspires me. Yet I got faith because I believe angels will watch us and pray on front porch swings. Love the piano. Let's get a damn near anything. Their daughters turn to mother, raising their own baby girls. Yeah, how I know angels. Angels will watch us. Angels will watch us. Whoa. Angels will watch and pray on front porch swings. Love the piano and ain't scared of damn near anything. Their daughters turn to mothers, raising their own baby girls. Daughters turn to mothers, raising their own baby girls. Their daughters turn to mothers. Raising their own baby girls. Yeah, how I know angels. Angels will wipe her. Oh, 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 oh. Beautiful. Thank you. I believe you 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 played that in Nashville at Austin's thing too, yeah? Yeah, I did. That was one of the first times I ever played it in front of anybody. I had literally just written it like a couple days before that. Co-written or you wrote it by yourself? I wrote it by myself. Beautiful. Thank you. Beautiful. I have to introduce you to somebody. Whiskey, come here. <gasps> oh my goodness. This is Whiskey. Hi. Hi, Whiskey. Oh my gosh, you're amazingly adorable. I want a dog so bad. You should, I like, they, I like, I joke about um, all the time how um, all these people are getting all these puppies during the quarantine time. And oh, I know. I'm Everyone. What's going to happen on the flip side when they all go back to work? They better keep them. I think, I think a lot. I think people will. Yeah, I hope so too. Who's your favorite person to write with? <laughs> Oh, that's so hard. Um, can I get like a top five? Let's do know. that. Yeah. 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 Um, so I write a lot with, there are two people in particular that I do a lot of writing and production with and Josh Ronan and Danielle Blakey. I do like they're on most of my songs okay. and then, um, then other just like lyricists or people who come in the room and, drop gold i love writing with fred wilhelm nico moon mm -hmm. and um oh there's so many it's so hard to just pick a couple but i want, I want to jump in there i just learned a lot about Le nico moon we play um good time in paradise to me we play mm -hmm. uh, i sat with lewis bryce and he told me that nico wrote it's you with him 
And then I found out that he was in Sir Roosevelt. Yeah. Dude, this is where it comes into where you just want people to know so much more about this industry because the history is crazy. It's like, Oh yeah. Nico's been in the, the Nashville world forever behind the scenes and he's finally putting out his project. But I mean, he wrote and produced a bunch of Zach Brown band sets. Like he's, he's so talented and has already been so successful in, you know, every other Nashville, right. right. Now he's like, Oh, now I'm going to conquer the artistry world. <laughs> He's like Hardy in that sense, right? I mean, a dude that just writes and writes with, I, have you listened, are you a fan of Hardy? Have you listened to uh, the Hicks Tape Volume 1? Yeah. I listened to that. I think there was two songs on that that I was just like, yeah, that, that, those are cool. But everything else on it, I was like, holy cow. Like, and then to find out everything that this dude has written, that's why I like tripped out on Nico. And that's why I, I, I say that I think the, the idea of people having more knowledge about what it is can only better the industry. It really can. It's so true. Can you see yourself? People don't know. No, they don't. Can yeah. you see yourself going on a show like Songland with with one of your songs? I don't know. So shows, I don't know. It would have to be like the stars would have to align. Right. I don't see myself like chasing it, chasing the career that way. Right. You think that that's a good jump start, like The Voice and American Idol and Songland? Do you think that those are? I think it's all what you make of it. Um, to this day, there's still nobody from The Voice that I think has had like a number one. Right. Um, American Idol has actually produced some stars, but they're few and far between with all their seasons. And, and then I'd say, we'll see with Songland, you know, like the, the people who've won and they've gotten a cut, like, does that song go up to number one? And then do those people actually get credit for the work they did? Or does everybody just view it as, oh, well, they had, you know, Shane McNally on it. So obviously the song got to be a hit after that. Like, I don't know what people are going to think. So it'll be interesting to see in the next few years how people's careers develop after a start on that show yeah because it hasn't had a chance to really um yeah yeah you don't we don't know yet but for the other two I'm not going to say it's terrible because there's a lot of people who've made they've made careers out of it but it's I'm definitely hit or miss I'm looking up to see um I just typed in uh top 10 um like I just typed in the voice number one songs. I look at stuff like that. So I know that people like Austin Jinx have gone through that, but I think he would have made it in his own world anyway, because the dude's just that talented. But then I sit back and I look at the other side of um, the guy that just won. I want to say American Idol Lane. I don't remember what his name is. Laney something. Anyway, their booking place called me and they were like, Hey, you know, you have an opportunity to book him. And I went, cool. Like I know who he is. I'm not quite sure he's super country, but they're making him country now. And I asked how much he was. And I was like, no, but, oh, he was on the show. And I went, that's cool. That doesn't translate to ticket sales in our market. Sorry, but, you know, this is the entertainment capital of the world. I'm not going to pay this guy 20, 30 grand to come play at Stoney's because it ain't going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Just, yeah. But I think that's the other side of it is they, they live up to, um, or they try and live up to the hype of the TV show. Obviously, people do watch it. 
I don't know how much they watch it anymore. If they watch it for the people that are on it versus maybe the, the host versus the talent. I mean, there's a, like beautiful talent on there. I've seen some stuff on there that I've just been like, holy cow. Like, yeah. like go put that effort into on your own stuff and you have every avenue to get it out there. So take advantage of it, that sort of thing. But you're right. I don't, I mean, you got the carry underwards of the world that, um, and maybe Daughtry and I don't even think he won, but now he got this. Yeah. And that dude is, uh, that's what I'm saying. Like a few people have done something with it, like Jennifer right. Hudson, but she oh, yeah. didn't win either. Um, you got Kelly Clarkson, but again, that's all just idle. Still yeah. none from any other show. Like, yeah. I don't know any X factors, but that's not saying that people didn't get starts from that that made real careers, but they just didn't bring people to superstardom. Like even Miranda Lambert got her start on a show. It was Nashville Star. Right. Well, isn't that where like Michael Ray came from too? He had one as well. One of those weird shows that he was on. Really? Yeah. I, didn't, <laughs> I, I didn't know that up until, up until recently. And going back to the writing thing, his last album, Amos, I didn't know this, but he didn't have a hand in any of those songs on there, but he sells them as every one of them is his own, which is... I think that's a talent in itself to be able to. It really is because people, I mean, you have to be honest and, and it's, it's a, an art in and of itself to have a lyric that you can truly channel your real feelings and your real life into that you didn't write. Yeah. Cause that's not easy to do. And a lot of people, you can smell that. Like you can smell it from a mile away of like, that's not true to you, you know, like, yeah. but well, then a lot of that's also picking the right songs and making sure that it's stuff that you would say and that really does apply to you. Yep. If there's a lot that goes into it, but it's not easy. Have you ever sat with Dylan Snyder? Have you ever written with him? I haven't. You know, you know who that is? Mm-hmm. He, um, the first time he came through Stoney's and I would like listen to his music, I'm like, dude, this guy writes way older than he is. I think I took him to dinner for like his 20th birthday. He played at Stony, so I took him and his dad to dinner. It was kind of an experience. But then you go and you and you look at like uh, Dustin Lynch just released Mama's House, which is a song that Dylan Snyder has a has a, a co-write on it. And I just like sit back. I'm like, dude, this guy can write, and I love watching him perform. But he's super youthful, which is which is another whole side of this country business. Is the youth side is um, I get I don't know if you get a lot of people saying you're really not country or anything like that. But through country AF radio, we get so much negativity that people hate the new genre of country, which is well, obviously the pop country side of it all. They just, the, the crossover is crazy. And in saying that, when I hear um, the kids that don't listen to country get to know who Dan and Shay is because of Justin Bieber, it freaks me out because they think they're a brand new artist, but. Yeah. What do you what do you do with all that in a sense of do you consider yourself a country artist? Do you consider yourself pop country? Do you consider yourself what what is Julia Cole? I think what makes a song a country song is the lyric and the story. And my songs are all stories. I mean, they are a hundred percent real life, really relatable. And it's not, and there's so many pop songs that are just about getting a hooky beat. People don't even care what the words are. I mean, like Calvin Harris, that one song, uh, 
you were the one thing in my way, 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 my way, away, 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 my way, away, away, away. It does that the entire song. And the first verse, there are like probably eight words that are different in the first verse. They don't even write a different eight words for the second verse. It's just the same verse twice. Yeah. It's like, I... I think that is one of the biggest dividing lines and it's, it's really about the lyric and about the songwriting uh, focus. And I think that that story, as long as it's there, I don't care what you've got going on in your song. Like obviously my stuff, I've got pedal steels and I've got banjos and I've got all sorts of stuff going on that I like to mix in some pop stuff with it. Like I like to have, maybe cool extra layered harmonies and stuff like that that are closer to maybe a pop harmony than a bluegrass harmony or whatever it is but at the same time i feel like everyone was pop country compared to old country in their day and age like you look at all the different transition periods of country music and everybody was considered the poppiest of pop country when it was just the new sound a decade ago and a decade before that. I mean, think about Shania Twain. Like she had Mutt Lang producing that, a rock producer. So I don't know, I don't, I don't think it's ever gonna stop. I think people are, I think people love getting to say that something's not country enough because they feel like it empowers them as being more country than somebody else. And honestly, more power to them. I love that there's so much pride there in that, that country world, but like I'm born and raised in Texas. I grew up riding a four wheeler in my backyard. My dad would take me fishing all the time. I've been hunting everywhere. Like people don't know your life or know your story or know anything about you until they take the time to figure it out. So people who say what they want to say, you got to take that with a grain of salt. I, I laughed just this morning. I had someone post a comment on something that said something about um, we're not country. A video that we reposted of, that someone else posted had Whiskey Myers playing. And they, and they were like, Stoney's doesn't even play country. And this is a joke because they don't play Whiskey Myers. And I was just like, bro, first of all, would you really consider Whiskey Myers country? I would consider them not country. I would maybe, maybe a Southern rock country sort of thing more than anything. I just wanted to just like go off on this dude and just be like, bro, like everyone has their passion of stuff. Like I can get into traditional, I can get into Southern, I can get into the new pop stuff. I can get into everything. I, I mean, it's music. And I, Lizzo, I believe is her name. She said something not too long ago. She can't wait till the day that there are no genres anymore. And I think that's where the, the truth be told of it all. Because I listen to stuff that I want my friends to listen to that's not even close to country. But it's not in any other, it, it wouldn't fall under alternative or rock or hip hop or anything. But Well, if you think about it, the genre of pop is actually just popular. And it isn't one genre. No. Like when you listen to pop radio, there are 10 different genres that play on that one station. So in the real grand scheme of things, pop has already done that. Obviously, they are still exclusive of a few things. Like you're not going to hear a super country song on a pop station. But that's because there are so many country radio stations. The listeners can go somewhere to find that. When you think about rock music, or I'm trying to think of even what you call all these different sounds, like alt and there's techno versus house versus, I mean, 
there are all these million different things that are super divided anyway. You might hear one thing on pop radio that you would never hear at an electronic music festival. And then the next song is a Calvin Harris song that sounds like every other song at this music festival. So there are different genres that are still like all being played together and considered pop. You know, they've got R&B stuff on there. They've got hip hop on there. They've got all sorts. So country is definitely holding on to its bubble on purpose, I think. I believe that. I listen to New Boots a lot just to find new music and to listen to what gets curated there. And I find stuff that I would never thought that would ever get put out in a country world. But at the same time, I listen to it. I'm like, this is fun and people should listen to it, in my opinion. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's why we curate our own music at Country AF Radio. And that's the fun of it is, you know, all my friends that will write me and be like, seriously? And I'm like, hell yeah, listen to the lyrics. <laughs> it just shuts them up every single time because what you said was perfect. It's relatable. And that's the fun of it all. And a story. I mean. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, there's a couple writers that, that um, um, produce their own stuff and have their hands in it where I just sit back and I'm like, dude, I don't know what you hear sometimes, but it's, it's on point. And I love yeah. it because I have an 11 year old that will sit in the back seat, and that's the true test. If I play a song and I look in my mirror and I see her back there getting into it, um, that's the true test, man, for me. Oh, I love that. Let's put together something fun. Um, let's say next summer you get, to get to, you get to put together a show, you're playing it, and you get to pick five artists to be on that show. I want to know those five artists that you want to play with and where it's going to be. Hmm. And and the show's not at Stoney's. Well, you can, if you you can pick it there, that's that's you. That's your choice. Well, so, I have never been there before. I mean, do you like outdoors? You and I just met before the quarantine. We did. We were like, we were just hanging out, and then the world shut down. Yeah, um, I think I think that's our. I think we did it. <laughs> I have to say, I think my ideal show. It's got to be an outdoor. I'm obsessed with the beach. So I'm thinking hangout fest on the sand, Gulf Shores, Alabama, big stage right there on the beach. And before these you, artists, you they have to be the same genre. They do not. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to pick a ticket seller. And then I wanna, want you to pick someone that you just want to bring along with you sort of thing so maybe an artist that's not that big okay i would probably bring hmm oh my gosh it's so hard good for you i think the ticket seller would be Maybe Keith Urban. I like that. And then the homie that would just be like all the good vibes. I mean, Austin Burke's one of my favorite people. I feel like we would have so much fun. Yep. Okay. Now, obviously you're playing. Give me two, two more artists that you would love to share a stage with. I think it'd be really fun to share a stage with Sam Hunt. And I think off genre, 
I'm just Calvin Harris. <laughs> no, no, no. Come on now. That was a joke. That was a total joke. I, I don't know. I am such I'm before this past year, it would a hundred times have been Beyonce. But I might I don't know if it's Lizzo or Beyonce that I would want to party with on stage. It might it might be Lizzo now. Yeah. Like Beyonce is still the queen, but I feel like Lizzo would maybe like be more inclusive with me. And right. <laughs> Beyonce might be like, I run this. Like <laughs> Yeah, I know you said I was playing fourth, but I'm playing last. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um so it was when Lemonade came out, her album, did you go, I believe it came out on titles where it came out first. Did, were you the girl that went and got titled just for this, for that album? No, no. No. You're not that big of a fan. Well, I'm, I'm a big fan, but I feel like you can get everything on YouTube. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. So I, I listened to all of it on YouTube. That's pretty funny. I remember when it first came out. I, I like videos. Like I love, I'll put on, I have a screen right here and I'll just put on music videos and they'll just play like all day. Right. It's fun. We just got rid of our direct TV and we got YouTube TV. So now we're totally unplugged and I like YouTube TV. I like YouTube. It's, yeah. There's so much content on there. Um, I'm going to hit you with one more thing. Have you watched any TV shows during this quarantine that have completely just consumed you like to where you 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 have to finish the season or something i watched the um outer banks and i there's only one season yep. and i obviously i binged the whole thing and it was good but like it didn't blow my mind like it did feel I'm, i heard some people say that it was kind of a combination of like Gossip Girl meets um, what were those like Orange County shows that everybody watched? Yeah, um, the OC or what are you talking about? Yeah, like, the OC. Laguna, I never Laguna watched Beach. shows like that, but just Laguna Beach, just more like, like beachy or um, 90210, like that whole vibe. And it totally did fit that perfectly, like the combination of those things. But there were so many things during the show that I'm just like, that is not how this would have happened in real life. <laughs> like, we, we watched it, and I think that I got through it. I, we watched it in two days. And uh, I say it like this. I would go back and watch Ozarks again because I thought that was just a great show, was well acted, well put together. Outer Banks is one of those shows. You can watch one time and be cool with it. But yeah. – when I went to go see if there was going to be a season two, that's when I appreciated the show, uh, the show more because the producer came out and said that his only goal is to keep the show youthful. Um, and um, um, what's the other word that he used? Youthful and God, now I'm draw drawing a blank. <laughs> innocent. That's what it was. Youthful and innocent. And I love that side of it because it makes you think like you're a kid again, because you can relate to that going, you know, Hey, this is what my dad did. So I'm going to go do that, that sort of thing. And, um, yeah, I like that part of it. Um, a little far-fetched at some points, but you're right. I mean, when it comes to that, that's not how that would happen in real life. Well, just some things that you know about like police protocol of like how they have to handle certain situations and how yeah. they have to arrive at arrests and things yeah. like that. You're like, that's just not how any of this would have gone down, but I get it. Hollywood be your thing. Yeah. I thought it was pretty interesting. Anything else that you binged? 
Did you watch Tiger King? I did. I watched Tiger King. And have you seen the Ozarks yet? No. Um, I have heard that it's incredible though. It's pretty good. It keeps you, it keeps you focused on, on, on stuff. It makes you think I watched, we watched that. We watched, um, we're now watching dead to me, which is a pretty, pretty interesting show. Applegate's in it. Christina. I haven't. Yeah. No, I need to, I haven't, um, I haven't even heard of it. Yeah. I don't know how we found it. It's on Netflix and we just finished, uh, like I'll stay up till 1231 o'clock in the morning. Cause I'm sitting right here the rest of the day. So to go sit on the couch and just unplug, we watched, um, um, heist money heist was another one we watched, but that one was tough because it's from Spain and they, they English dubbed it over. So you get a lot of what's going on. Oh, I gotcha. But it was interesting as as well. I mean, I don't know. I think that's about all I've watched. Other than that, I've done my honeydews and these. <laughs> yeah, I've been, um, I haven't been like on a too much of a TV binge. Yeah. I've been staying busy other ways, I guess. What is that guitar on, if you look at, on the left of your white one? What is that thing? What's that called? That is a Martin Backpacker guitar. Okay. It's six strings, plays just like a guitar, sounds like a, it just sounds like a guitar, but just, I mean, it's, the body's really skinny. So yeah. it's just, it sounds a little smaller. The tone is just. It's a little higher. Right. When did you start playing guitar? At what age? 18. And how come? Because. I got my start singing national anthems for my own volleyball and basketball games. And then it spread to everything in Houston, started singing for the Texans, Astros, NASA, Houston Dynamos, Rodeo. And I was loving that, but you know, you can only do anthems so much. You have to put on your own shows, you know, you got to play real song, other real songs that aren't just acapella. And so I was like, I need to be able to accompany myself. And I, I played piano since I was five. So I started out learning these songs on piano. And then, I mean, it's totally a, a beginner's thing, but I didn't really understand how to make a piano sound fun. I, it's like, I felt like everything I was playing on the piano was just sounding like it was lagging or it was sad or slow or whatever. And that was totally just the playing. That's just the knowledge I had at the time, because you can totally make a piano jam if you, know how but i just found it way easier to play upbeat fun songs on a guitar so i started to learn guitar so that i could play more of the happy stuff because that's so much more my style and uh it's also so much more portable yeah you can't sit by a campfire and play piano <laughs> the piano is beautiful and i love it and i've learned to to now love it more than ever but there was that transition like learning period of like, I don't know how to do all the things that I want to do with the piano. And I think I see everyone doing it with a guitar. So I'm going to figure out how to play guitar. That's awesome. My first girlfriend in high school played piano. And whenever there would be a tiff, she would invite me over to eat and she would sit down and play Moonlight Sonata. And I was, what? There was a problem? I'm cool. <laughs> that That's was, amazing. Yeah. Just a beautiful song to watch somebody play on the piano. It's pretty rad. But. That's amazing. Thank you for your time today. This has been of fun. Of course. Thanks for having me. Heck yeah. Tell people how to find you online. 
All my socials are at Julia Cole Music. So, you know, Instagram is my favorite. I respond to all my messages on there. So shoot me a DM on Instagram. Obviously, I've got Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, Patreon, Cameo, all that fun stuff. And my website is juliacolemusic.com. Love it. Thank you again for your time. And you know what? I think I might not tell Stevie to, but maybe, <laughs> maybe um, we can talk to Austin and see what we can do on that show in August and see if... Uh, See if we can get you to come out with them. I think that would sound be like a blast to me. I think it would be good. Austin's always fun when he comes to town, and um, he's an interesting character. The more I get to know him, the more I like him. Maybe that's why you guys get along so great as well, as because didn't he used to sing national anthems for uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks, right? Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. I like it. <laughs> I don't know, but I know I love I love Austin and I love Lexi even yeah. more. He is so amazing. So I hope she can come along too if we can yeah. snag her. Yeah, when those two, I think, I'm not quite sure if she's, I'd have to really think. You know, he, uh, I first met him because I sent him a DM on Instagram and told him I wanted him to come play Stonies. Wow, that's exciting. Yeah, I heard a whole lot in love way, way, way in the beginning. And that's how our relationship started to be cool. And his dad was, his dad he always- slid in the DMs, love yes. it. That's a little weird, but I did. But um, <laughs> his dad always says- uh, uh, you're the first person to ever give him a chance because he'd only really played in Arizona and we got him out of Arizona and um, he played Stonies and we had fun and we just kind of like had fun building a career with him and doing some things with them. And um, we find artists like that that we like. And that's our favorite thing to do is if they're cool and they're good, I think they, may, they could be all right, but as long as they're cool. I mean, look at Stevie Montz. We still bring him and he's, he's just all right. <laughs> oh my God. He has to watch this now. <laughs> he, uh, Love the dude. I will send you that song as soon as we get off here too. I'm going to shoot Cannot it. Wait. Yeah, it's pretty. Um, I told him that when he was playing it, I was like, bro, like I don't, I'm opinionated if you ask me my opinion, unless it's something that I really, really like. And then I will express it. And I told him, I was like, dude, that's the best thing I think you, that you've ever written. And it came from the heart. I think that's why it was, he's been going through some shit and uh, yeah, he has. Yeah. And it's kind of, um, I think it was a blessing for him because I think it's just something I just, I, I love the lyrics that, that he just wants to be happy being him. And it's just like the fucking neatest thing in the world coming, knowing how sensitive he is and being able to, you know, really put it together the way he put it together. And I told him, I said, yeah. when, when you really record this dude, I, I don't, I don't want it just acoustic. I would love to see you go put the full band behind it and make this production of the song, even though it's a little bit slower, it's still, I'd, I'd love to, I, I told him, I said, when you get it done, I will help you get it out there. And we have means to do that kind of stuff and have fun with it. And hopefully we can. It was dope. But I'll send it to you. I love that. I love that. Cool. All right. Well, hopefully I'll get to see you sooner than later. Um, enjoy your quarantine life. And um, say, hi to you. <laughs> say hi to grandma for me. I will. Thank you so much. Bye. I'll talk to you soon.